Welcome to the latest in our Aberdeen Standard Investments Closed-End Fund podcast series, where we catch up with our closed-end portfolio managers and gain some perspective on these complex market conditions. Today, we are focusing on global real estate with a co-manager of the Aberdeen Global Premier Properties Fund, ticker symbol AWP, Bill Pekowitz. Good morning, Bill. Hey, Dan. How are you? Good, thank you. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, Bill, I thought we'd start um, with your assessment of performance of the real estate sector at the beginning of 2021. Uh, Yeah, sure, Dan. Uh, So following the period of extreme pessimism that gripped the outlook for global real estate securities during the pandemic, uh, you know, when lockdowns changed the way people lived and worked and valuations, you know, dropped very sharply for a number of the sectors, uh, you know, namely retail, urban apartments, offices, and hotels that were all viewed as, you know, things that were in the epicenter of kind of, uh, of, of the being hit by those lockdowns. Um, you know, we've seen the emergence of the successful rollout of vaccines since late 2020 has driven a really sharp rebound in reach share prices around the globe. Um, you know, as such, real estate has actually been one of the strongest performing sectors over the last six months outperforming global equity markets by a wide margin. Um, thus far, you know, this recovery has been led by those property types that you know, we previously mentioned that were hardest hit by the lockdowns as investors priced in a return to normalcy very quickly. And you know, all of this has kind of resulted now in share prices that are kind of have returned um, all the way back to pre-pandemic levels. And Bill, Inflation is headline news right now, and that's certainly one issue that's been garnering a lot of attention uh, in addition to the pressure on rising interest rates. Uh, As a portfolio manager, what is your view uh, on how this impacts the outlook for global real estate today? Yeah, um, you know, I think we first have to acknowledge that the recent spike in headline inflation has been well telegraphed, considering that, you know, when you look at things today, we're in the exact mirror situation of where we were a year ago. You know, today, world economies are reopening versus a year ago, everything was shutting back down. So this is driving an increase in demand for goods and services, which is why global growth, you know, economic growth is expected to hit, you know, maybe a 50-year high in 2021. Um, But this is also leading to higher prices. You know, additionally, you know, we are starting to see, you know, labor shortages, uh, supply chain disruptions that are kind of stemming from the after effects of the lockdowns. You know, all of these items, we think, you know, remain in place probably for the near term, uh, you know, as we look at things. You know, nonetheless, after we move past this transitory period of inflationary pressures, you know, we think we have to explore whether inflation will be materially higher than what we have uh, seen over the last decade, um, you know, in the next five to 10 years. You know, government borrowing today uh, globally is much higher than it was even in the immediate after, aftermath of the GFC. Um, you know, fiscal stimulus measures remain in place aimed at closing output gap across the globe. Um, and this is, and, and many of these programs are even continuing to expand. Um, this is going to, you know, continue to accelerate demand growth and support wage inflation. Um, you know, and most importantly, central banks 
led by the Federal Reserve in the U.S., have outwardly stated a willingness to move away from the dual mandate that has kind of been in place for the last, you know, since the 1980s of managing inflation and employment levels. And, you know, they're going to let inflation run hot in order to support a quicker return to full employment and economic uh, growth. Thus, you know, we have to at least consider a world now where higher inflation um, than we've seen over the last couple decades is possible. Um, you know, and when we look at this, we, you know, we, we say if inflation is underpriced by the market today, we think investors will be well served to add exposure to inflation sensitive, sensitive sectors uh, like global real estate, which has historically outperformed actually in periods of unexpectedly high inflation. You know, real estate and property values tend to rise with the overall price environment as higher prices for labor, land, and materials used in construction raise the threshold for development decisions. Thereby, if all of these things are getting more expensive, you know, this is going to be, this is going to constrain new supply, which gives landlords the power to raise rent. Um, you know, Property types that have shorter lease durations, things like you know hotels, storage, apartments, um, senior housing, the, all of those will be able to take advantage of these higher rents relatively quickly because they're, as their leases roll over, you're you're just getting access to being able to push prices higher. Um, you know, additionally, you know many sectors that have longer term uh, leases, they also have. In, written into the leases explicit inflation links with rent escalators tied to published inflation rates. So as inflation run, if inflation is higher, you're still going to be able, you're going to be protected on your cash flow from the, uh, from, by able to being able to collect a higher rent. You know, because of that, you know, we think re cash flows should be able to meet or exceed the pace of inflation going forward. Um, and then these higher cash flows then will flow to us as investors in the form of dividend payments. Um, you know, if we look at the modern REIT era, which is, you know, we would say goes back to 1993, there's only been four years um, in, 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 in that history, and three of them were, you know, during the GFC and then uh, last year during the COVID pandemic, where uh, you know, where ink, uh, dividend growth fell below the rate of inflation. Uh, and, and so we think this is a, you know, a positive support for that those cash flows continue to accrue to us as REIT investors. Um, as such, you know, while, you know, the post-pandemic world has changed the outlook for a number of property types, both positively and negatively, we think real estate still will have that ability to grow rents faster than inflation, um, making global REITs an attractive uh, liquid hedge um, if inflationary pressures remain in place in the medium to longer term. Great. Thanks, Bill. So now the question is, how do you position a real estate portfolio like AWP, which is actively managed uh, by Aberdeen, uh, for the remainder of 2021 and beyond? Yeah, you know, it, it is definitely an interesting time to be investing in real estate. You know, we've had kind of a, a very sharp um, correction and then recovery in, in, in prices. So, you know, 
that's causing us um, you know, to be facing a lot of number of factors um, when we're trying to build the portfolio today. You know, on one hand, as we previously mentioned, you know, the stock prices, they've returned to the pre-pandemic levels. Um, cash flows for the REITs, they still have not yet fully recovered, however. Um, you know, and this is causing some people to wonder, is the sector, you know, has it come too far too fast in this recovery? Um, you know, in response to that, I, I, I'd point to kind of the recent conversations that um, I've had and, and our team has had with uh, management teams across a wide range of property types. Um, and all of them have been indicating to us that they're seeing increased leasing demand on almost a weekly basis since vaccines have started to kind of roll out um, in, in each of their different markets. And, and you know, this you know, shows, says to us that tenants are moving past kind of that uncertainty of the pandemic and looking to prepare for future economic ex expansion. Um, you know, this, we think, you know, spur, you know, tells us that, you know, cash flows are definitely going to recover and, um, you know, we think exceed the levels that we saw pre-pandemic in the coming years. So that, you know, so, so we think, you know, current valuations are, you know, are very well justified by the fundamental outlook for real estate. Um, you know, looking ahead, um, we also think that there are two main things that we must focus on when we're building the portfolio. You know, first, um, you know, we have to always remember real estate is a reflection of the economy and society as a whole. Thus, you know, the performance of various property types will reflect the changes that have occurred in, in the society due to the pandemic, thereby driving long-term value creation opportunities for some sectors while others will, you know, fall out of favor. Um, you know, while the reopening does mean that we will once again return to brick-and-mortar retailers to some degree, um, you know, we think that that increased use of e-commerce is going to continue to accelerate going forward. You know, that e-commerce growth makes industrial and logistics an obvious winner to us. Um, you know, but, you know, we, we look at that and we say that e-commerce ecosystem is much more complicated and includes a massive support infrastructure behind it, you know, in the form of cell phone towers that transmit orders uh, from your mobile device to, um, you know, data centers where the orders and payments are processed. As such, we think those are other sectors that we think have good long-term prospects and have the potential to drive uh, outperformance longer term. You know, the other big factor we think that, that, we, that we, we're focusing on now is, is the demographics. Um, you know, right now we're seeing a lot of opportunities in the healthcare sector uh, globally um, and growth in what we would call kind of other residential sectors. Um, you know, Senior housing um, faced a number of headwinds during the pandemic as residents kind of delayed move-ins due to fears related to the pandemic and, you know, their, their health and safety. Um, now that all of those residents have been vaccinated, those concerns are abating, and this, we think, is going to lead to a recovery in occupancy levels in, in the near term which will be a positive for it, uh, for the for these stocks in the near in the in the near term. And then looking further out, you know, we, we think the aging population will continue to drive continued demand for this property type 
in the years ahead as more more of the baby boom generation kind of reaches the age where they need additional care and and and, and health coverage. Um, you know, in addition to kind of the healthcare sectors, you know, another area that we think um, is of interest um, and, and one that is getting more um, more acceptance by institutional investors is um, the single family rental sector, particularly in the U.S. Um, you know, the leading edge of the millennial generation has, you know, they're getting married, they're having children, and like the generations kind of before them, you know, they're quickly realizing that living in an urban apartment, while it's great to be next to the cool bars and cafes, um, is not ideal when that apartment is also full of toddler toys and, and just taking up space. And, and so this is causing a lot of these people to start to look to move out to the suburbs. Unlike the prior generations, which were, you know, were, when they moved to the suburbs, they were home buyers, um, you know, either, you know, due to kind of the lack of savings uh, of, of this generation, or also just the general desire that they have to have a little bit more flexibility in their housing and not to be tied down to one location, um, you know, we're seeing millennials are, are renting houses. Um, this allows them to kind of maintain that flexibility that they want in their lifestyles, but also getting the extra space that they need. Um, you know, and the big beneficiary of that is that single-family rental landlord who is seeing this increased demand, and that's going to then drive, um, you know, their ability to push rent going forward, which we think will drive uh, continued stock appreciation for um, those companies. Bill, that's very interesting. And certainly these, the newer generations, uh, as you said, are more transient in nature. Um, so the rental versus owning piece uh, definitely is that, is that factor that you mentioned. So thank you very much. Bill, thanks for the insights today. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. You can find out more about the fund at www.aberdeen.com. AWP.com. I'm Dan Buchanan with Aberdeen Standard Investments. Do look out for future episodes.